0: Geico presents Daily Affirmations. Repeat after me. We are filled with an abundance of joy. We are filled with an abundance of joy. Also an abundance of questions. Good thing Geico has 24-7 claim service to help answer questions and resolve claims quickly. Uh, good thing Geico has 24-7 claim service. We are also filled with an abundance of biscuits. We are also filled with, uh, I don't think it works this way. Oh, oh, and jam. Don't forget jam. To manifest more Geico in your life, go to geico.com. I'm not trying to kill turtles Without my hair strings colors I'm just trying to do rap songs And
1: be down with my brothers Hey, maybe a few others too We can get a pay-per-view We can watch box all the time Or join the ground crew Or the crew that takes ice to the warm courts The athletes take off skates Put on mesh shorts Yep That sounds like a dandy Oh, Serengeti slip. It's, it's called No Beginner be We listened to that this past weekend When we were in Denver, Colorado oh, Great time in Colorado This is, this is going to come out next week or this come out this week, and yeah, we were in Denver last week. Got to hang with Jonah Carey, who is our guest today. We recorded that with him in Denver. Uh, no one better to talk to during baseball playoffs than uh, our most knowledgeable baseball friend, Jonah Carey. And then I got the experience of a lifetime on Monday. So we come back from Denver on Sunday, and then on Monday, what happens? You you flew to Atlanta, Randy? I flew to the Dirty Dirty. Uh, dirty I go dirty. to ATL to shoot with Pedro Martinez, Gary Sheffield... Casey Stern, who runs the uh, TBS post and pregame show there at the desk. He's sort of the host. And J-Roll, Jimmy Rollins, so great. And I sat around and watched the Cubs-Nats game with these guys. It was so maybe like going me, to like, was, baseball-watching fantasy uh, camp. It was incredible because I was like, all right, Pedro, what do you throw right here? What do you do right here? And, you know, they, they took out Quintana, and he's like, I don't I don't like it. He's like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I was like, what do you like about it? He's like, I don't like it. Guy was in control. Guy was in control. I was like, he was in con. He was in control. Then you started talking like Pedro? Yeah, you just started. Just, you know, I sympathized, Jesus added right. an accent. with My wife does that, too, which is so weird. Like, we'll be in a cab, uh-huh. and the guy can't speak English or, like, in an Uber or something, he can't say, or, or Lyft, and he can't say Uber, and he doesn't speak English. and Or Lyft. Or Lyft, either or. Or, and, a, or an Uber. Or. And he doesn't speak English that well. And my wife will start to adopt his accent just as like to kind of, in an empathetic way, kind of help him out. Like, hey, I'm with you on this. One time my wife was there and she was trying to communicate with someone who was driving and said, "Um, we need to get to this place. And she, in her talking, she was like, "Uh, we need to get to, and she speaks perfect English. She does. To how you say, she said how you say. How you say. How you say. I'm like, you know how to say it. You don't have to go that far to be that empathetic. So I be, I was I did some empathy talking to Pedro. Shot this little thing for TBS which will come out next week. It's going to come out on the, on the 17th. So as this thing drops, you got to look for a TBS digital a little thing we shot with Tignataro. Yes. And Pedro Martinez, Gary Sheffield, Jimmy Rollins, Casey Stern we directed it. It's going to be amazing. We'll let you guys know all about it. But, sports fans, you will totally dig this. Like we said today on the show, we're talking baseball. For sure, get deep into what's going on with Jonah Carey at his house, in his living room. Then, quick hits with Rags Ragowski, who is with us. Scott and Jonah join us for a spirited round of quick hits. And then, later on the show, uh, keeping it with the baseball vibe, we're going to talk to the dude who created this. Vir- he did create, but he's running the he's whole. He's running the whole virtual reality. The true VR thing that we did with the. With uh, Intel was amazing. To be able to watch the game where we watched it. From the dugouts. I'm fascinated by this, so we wanted to get this guy on the show and just talk to him about the technology and where it's going, because I believe, for sports fans, this is the wave of the future. This is how we're all going to watch games in the future, and I think, like, for sports fans... You want to know about this and where it's going and where it's heading. It's like it's almost like when you go and we've been to as many we've been to auto shows and you see like the concept car of where it's heading. By the way, not that far off. Remember, like when BMW had the i3 and it kind of was a concept car and you're like, oh, we'll never see that. Boom. A couple years later, we see it. And that's what people are driving. So I want to talk about that in the future. But first, this just happened last night. Uh, we got to talk about this before we get into a heavy baseball two show. Nights, 3 nights ago. A couple two, nights ago when this drops. But when we're recording it it was last night. Uh US men's soccer team, national team, uh shit the bed and did not make the... They didn't just shit the bed, Randy. They shat the nightstands. Yeah, there was some definitely some splatter all over the place. They 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 did themselves and America and children and everyone around us the biggest disservice that they could have possibly done. By failing to make the World Cup in 2018. So now we don't have a team to root for in the World Cup. In failing to make the World Cup in 2018, uh, they just, they basically, they ruined ruined the momentum that soccer had built in this country. And also they're playing in kind of a shitty CONCACAF. This isn't like they're playing in Europe. Like Uruguay made it. Iceland made it. Iceland has like, what, 300,000 people in their country, and they made it. It's been since 1986 since the USA has not made the, the World, World Cup. Cup. And when it's you're in the World Cup, think about the World Cup a couple of years ago when the United States made that great run, the they game in against the death Portugal. Group. They were in the group. They were in the hardest group, and they made it past. They're not going to do it this year. And you have a great player in Christian Pulisic who now is 19 now, so the next time he plays in a World Cup, he'll be 25, 24, yeah. 25, yeah. which is old for which soccer. Which is old for soccer. You know, it just, it complete. I was listening to Taylor Twelman talk go about Go off. Go off, and brilliant Taylor Twelman. By the way, his family, the Twelman family from had. From St. Louis. From St. Louis, and I believe Taylor's from St. Louis. He's got kind of a little bit of a St. Louis accent. Uh, they had a great indoor and outdoor field that they had. The, called, really, the indoor field we played indoor soccer on called Twelman Just for Kicks. So I already have like an automatic connect that we played indoor soccer on back in St. Louis when we were kids. So I already have, like, a, a connection to this guy. I love what he said, which is that the United States is, was playing soccer in a very United States way. That like, whatever, there's always next year. There fucking isn't a next year. There is not a next year. There is no next year. We're, he said there should be relegation. There should be consequences. Like, the whole stash should be fired. Bruce Arena, gone. Fire that. Fire that piece of garbage. Fire that fat ass. Get him out of there. And every one of them should go home and think about, like, quitting. Well, they should all think about it. And we should possibly think about blowing up completely our, our team and getting rid of everyone and starting over. Because this team played like garbage against a Trinidad and Tobago team that absolutely, they were a decent team, but, like, they, not had, a no bus- they had no business being with us and the players that we had on there. Michael Bradley has worse first touches than Harvey Weinstein. Folks. Do you understand? His first touch is absolutely Horrific. He and he should be, be on trial. And he's, and he's and he's the guy running things from the back. Forget that. This is just a, it, the whole setup is bad. Klinsman did not do a good job, okay? But I don't know if you can even argue that he's the reason. No, I think the reason is this. A, and a, I can tell you, I can look at it from the bottom, from the beginning, from the youth level. My son played in a travel. Soccer League, an advanced travel soccer league. We were in the lowest of three divisions. That's right, Jay. And even in the lowest division, the passing was amazing. The kids' talent level was way better than when we were kids. Right. It's gotten a lot better. Right. right? There are a lot of kids in this country. Even if they're Mexican-American, even if their parents are from Mexico and they live yeah. here, we had a lot of that in Southern California. You had a lot of kids from other countries whose... Parents are Italian or whatever. These are very international families who join these travel leagues. But there are incredible players on those teams. All right, they get they're really good in the travel leagues going out. We were in the bottom league, so imagine what the A league is like. Right, the goalie. We were in the bronze league. The gold league must have been insane. Better than our high school team. And these are seven and eight year olds. Okay, these are really. I'm talking about guys who are switching fields, playing back to the goalie, who are making a pass, give and go, and then switching. The guy coming back and playing defense, who was like a midfielder their roles on the team. They're actually have a high soccer IQ. High soccer IQ IQ playing as a team. The problem with the United States, and we've said this before even perhaps on this podcast, is that we don't treat this with the urgency that other nations treat it. We should take the top 50 players in this country. You should rank them like you do college basketball like high school. There should be sports. There should be scout. There should be 24-7 scouts going out and saying, who's this kid? Who's this 8-year-old? We should start looking at it like we treat college football. And then when it comes to like high school age, 16, 17 years old, take them out of school. Put them in an academy. Put them in an academy. Make them professionals at that age. Give them professional contracts. Make these kids professionals. Build a team at age 16 that can come together and rise up and rise up by the next World Cup. You lost your shot, USA. You ruined it. And by the way, soccer in this country, the MLS, you look at like Atlanta being able to fill that stadium down there uh, with, and that's Atlanta. That's a, Portland. Portland. Do you think, I mean, forget about Portland. Portland, they always sell out their their games. Seattle always sells out their games. But they were selling, they were drawing. You know, I went, I was in New York with uh, with my family and we saw another family, friends of ours who have three boys. And we walked around Brooklyn with them and like we were hanging and talking to them. And all the boys wanted to do was stop in at the soccer store because they were huge uh, New York FC and they did like New York Red Bulls but they they would go to get, they had season tickets to those games yeah. I mean they're in New York you could be a Yankees fan you could be a Mets a fan. fan you could be a Giants fan well you probably couldn't be a Giants fan because no one's a Giants no. fan no. I mean, you could be a Jets fan well not probably not either. a Jets fan no. but Rangers maybe Rangers or Islanders but that's or a great point the two football teams in New York are sucking right now and so the two soccer teams actually have this is what kids are into these kids who are cool, kids, cool boys super into soccer you have that excitement and all of that that you gets got completely CTE stopped. And you got all the problems that are happening with the NFL right now. And the and some people say, look, you know, as soon as someone dies on an NFL field, like the beginning that's the beginning of people the People are end. watching it because it's so expensive. Then you've got this whole anthem controversy, which is bullshit anyway, but at the same point, it brings a lot of things that to the regular fan is kind of like, I'm done with the NFL. Or the NFL the games are boring. The hitting's not as strong as it used to be. And you know, you have a lot of dissent towards the NFL that like soccer could have taken that step. Step forward. If you can you imagine, if we had a World Cup that we were rooting for at that time, and then it was great, and you could sort of promote all that stuff. Now, who cares? There, there, you you completely kill that momentum, and it completely screws it. And all of that should be on the heads of this American team, which upsets me to no end. Yeah. Uh, And they should feel ashamed of it. They should wake up every day and regret it. They should apologize to everyone in America for it. Because you were on the brink. Just get there. Just get into the cup and keep the attention span going for this country. But now you screwed it up and you cost them five years. You cost this country five years. Every single one of you on that team who didn't show up for this game. Every single one of you cost your country five years. And the game you love. Think about that when you go to sleep. You bums. Makes me mad. Makes Don't me mad.
2: Everything to me if we could
1: take a All right, when we come back, we'll talk of rosier things. But yeah, I guess so. Baseball, it is really exciting. I'll say it is this time of year for baseball, super exciting. And our team's not even in it. We're not even in it. And I still, I'm like, this, is, this could be really exciting because. Dodgers are playing great, and that's always good for baseball. Cubs win, that's always good for baseball. I'd love to see a rematch of last year's World Series. Cubs-Indians, boom, lay it all out there. Houston is playing great. If you're a baseball fan, Houston-Dodgers, those are the two best teams all year. See those guys face off, that'd be great. Cleveland-Dodgers, that's a hell of a game. It's all good. Hell of a World Series. There's a lot of good things in there. Uh, Nats Houston would probably kill it. But other than that, right. there's some good matchups. We'll talk about all that with Jonah Carey. And then later on the show, David Offhauser from True uh, VR Intel. He's going to tell us kind of all about the, the future of the way we're going to watch these games, which to me, fascinating. This is everything to me. That's the name of this song by Lips. We are the Sklar Brothers. This is View from the Cheap Seats. Stay with us. Guys, with the bustling holiday season well underway, ready to eat meal delivery can lend a helping hand. And our good buddies at Factor, they got it. They shop, they prep, they cook, they deliver to your door so you can enjoy chef crafted, dietitian approved meals during the holidays. How good does that sound? Minus the hassle, that sounds even better. Plus, you know, you got. 34 meals per week, gourmet plus, keto, which I've been doing and I love, calorie smart, vegan plus veggie, and 36 plus weekly add-ons. You'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. My mouth is watering. I can't even do this ad. Our holidays, look, they're jam-packed. I know yours are too. Everyone's looking down the barrel of like so much busy time. If you got two minutes, you get the factor meals. They're super easy to prepare. And all of a sudden you're having like a restaurant quality meal in your own home. It's cheaper than going out. As we mentioned, 34 meals per week, 36 plus at add-on options. It's amazing. It's cheaper than dining out. Take that money that you save from from not going out and spending money at a restaurant and spend it on the holidays, on gifts and stuff. Special occasion meal, Gourmet Plus, perfect solution. If you're looking for that, upscale. Their options are done easy. It's amazing. Look, here's what you do. Head to go.factor75.com slash Sklar60. Use the code sclar 60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code sclar 60 at go.factor75.com slash Sklar60 to get 60% off your first box. I'm telling you, this factor thing is amazing. You'll be amazed at how much time and money you save, and we all need that as we roll into the holidays. All right, everybody, welcome back to View from the Cheap Seats. Uh, So excited to have our guest on. He's now done this podcast, I want to say, four times. Uh, in its various incarnations, and at the beginning of this baseball season, he got on and said Cubs, Astros. That was Astros, which could still happen. He does a phenomenal podcast of his own; great writer uh, for many years. I mean, wrote for Grantland, wrote for you wrote for ESPN brought SBN now does a ton of work for cbs sports uh, online as well as has many many books including one of my favorite books about the expos up up and away up up and away and a great book about uh the tampa bay rays and we're in his living room yeah recording this in, in denver. denver jonah Carey,
3: welcome, welcome. To the show. fellas i love the fact that you're here and i was saying to you before Rand, that this feels like I won some sort of fan contest. <laughs> like you're raising money for Puerto Rican relief. just to have for $1,500, you came to my house and you're doing the podcast right here. That's right. right we're here, doing right? it. We, we're you, paid us,
1: you paid us for the right for us to show up to your house. You don't have to even have to leave your house. And we are going to make. Yeah, and, gonna yeah. By yeah. and by the way, now I'm going to
3: have to give money for Puerto Rican relief. You, you have to, to do that, that. And
1: then Lin-Manuel Miranda will write a song about this. I love it. About this. View from the cheap seats. Well, we are. This is not the cheap seats. I love your house. Uh, I love the fact that when we come to Denver, we get to hang with you. You are so good about coming. You and your wife are phenomenal comedy fans, podcast fans. Yeah, you get it. She's just, contributed stories to, to uh, Dumb People, People Town. Town, our other podcast. It's just... The, great to see you guys great to hang with you and for us baseball fans in this moment in this moment of baseball to baseball, talk baseball, baseball with you with you is like that's fantasy for us you know we get a chance and we're on this trip we're doing finding the funny here with our buddy scott Rogowski, who will come on and join us later in the quick hit section because he's so good and so fun to create comedy with him uh he's a huge baseball fan so like the four of us together right now what, this is the time. How is, are you feeling? Yeah, and what is exciting for you in this moment? Well, we should mention we are recording this on Friday uh, before it drops next Friday. So stuff will happen this week that we won't know about, obviously, in this weekend. But this is what has happened. Uh, Rockies knocked out. Yep. Uh, Arizona now plays the Dodgers, right? Yep. Arizona plays the Dodgers. Cubs and the Nats play. Uh, the Yankees lost the first game to the Cleveland Indians on a beautiful pitching performance by uh, Trevor Bauer. Unreal.
3: Trevor Bauer, the only major league pitcher who's blocked me on Twitter. Why?
1: What's that guy
3: doing? Trevor Bauer is a ultra right wing fellow. Oh, wow. and I didn't ever. I've never said anything derogatory about Trevor Bauer. I think he's a pretty good pitcher. But, but you've I think made that your my, points about. I've made my points about the world, and I think that Trevor Bauer somehow got wind of it. He never followed me in the first place. Like, why would he block somebody that isn't following But he, maybe he doesn't
1: it? like it when you drone on about things. Oh, oh, oh folks, he <laughs> had a drone accident. <laughs> he had, did he have? He had a drone accident, right? didn't he? Did Trevor he Bauer did
3: and it was it was against the blue jays i was covering that series last year mm. and he tried to pitch through it and he, was, he was just gushing blood oh yeah, on yeah. The
1: mound. they had to take him out after like what, an he had like two. a little toy drone and it cut his hand
3: yeah which is i don't know that much about drones how does that even work i don't know uh, If he's easy, really right if he's
1: drone super right wing he might be trying to like look in on things you know what i mean like i don't know he's he co-
3: colluding with the russians i guess yeah you
1: look we'll find out when <laughs> when the report comes out bauer you might be named don't you block?
3: Don't you do that? What are you doing, you asshole? God, so uh, so I'm excited about the fact that uh, I came down from I have a whole office set up and stuff like that with TV. It's a quadruple header today. There's 12 hours of baseball.
1: This is baseball. You're you're sitting in the baseball pocket right now, which is yeah, it's kind of like that first day of the NCAA basketball yes, tournament it's when very there's much like that. all the games. A lot yeah. of cities still have hope. Other than yeah, Colorado, no hope. Well, they
3: made the they made the playoffs for the first time in like eight years. So
1: on both sides, yeah, because I think Colorado and Minnesota are very similar Mm -hmm. in that obviously they come from different divisions, but like the one's a Central and one's a West Coast. But those teams, I think, at the beginning of the year, were a lot of people saying that they were going to make it or.
3: No, and it's really been a season in which you have a bunch of teams that have risen up a little bit. Colorado, Minnesota, Diamondbacks, absolutely. They were not good last year, and neither were the Milwaukee Brewers, and they've become good. Yeah. And one thing, I've been covering baseball for a long-ass time, but I'm learning more and more that, You can go off of what happened last year to a certain extent. Like, five of the six division winners were the same as last year. I picked the six division winners correctly, but that's no accomplishment because I I had the same five as last year, and I thought the Astros would leapfrog the Rangers, and that's what happened. But those wildcard teams, the secondary teams, that happens all the time, and you learn more and more as you start watching baseball. Older teams are going to struggle. If you think about the teams that were the biggest disappointments this year, I would submit to you the San Francisco Giants. St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis Cardinals were Okay. They weren't terrible. I mean, they had like, a month where the, towards the
1: end yeah. where there was excitement and okay, there's a shot. We have a shot. They almost made the playoffs.
3: I mean the teams are like totally crapped out to me who were considered to be maybe good. San Francisco? Yep. Uh-huh. New York Mets. Yes. Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, the best one in the world. Three oldest lineups in baseball. So that's it, that's, that's, what that's what it. it. Was. That's pretty much it. Where you could look but it's it's so paradoxical because you look at it, you say, Miguel, Batista, Hunter, Pence, wow, these guys are so great because we know them from their past work. But at a certain point you go, Well, they're thirty six, like maybe they're not gonna be good anymore
1: so is there a point like what is it 34 and it's like it's changed happen. you know so bill james did a study on this way back in the day and tried to debunk... Bill james who did baseball prospectus and
3: well right, no and bill james was the precursor he Bill was the James precursor. invented analytics for sports. right, right. right. he's sports. the
1: one who did the newsletter that only like john thorne and six other people got and they were uh
3: i think norman Mailer read it like yeah, it, Norman mailer read it. it it was like insane he, and this, he was a, a night watchman at a pork and beans factory in kansas right In the mid-70s as a 21-year-old or whatever, or maybe, yeah, about that age. Which pork and beans does sound like a gay porn.
1: Yeah, definitely,
3: definitely. (laughs) A pork and
1: beans factory. The guy's has been known to Uh And, and And he
3: basically started scribbling, and then he sent this stuff out, and he became, anytime we talk about numbers in sports, it's basically because of this guy, not only baseball, but basketball, football, whatever. I had him on my podcast recently. He's a fascinating guy. Anyway, so he tried to measure where the age curve is, and it was perceived that it was early 30s, that it seemed logical, and he found that it was around 27. And since then, we've done studies, and it turns out that baseball players often peak at, like, 24 now. Think about Trout and Harper and these guys coming in. Carlos Correa, Francisco Lindor, Manny Machado, they're awesome kind of right away. So things have changed to the point where if you're 30, like, you know, as a comedian, 30, you haven't even started. Right. As a writer, you haven't started. In baseball, it's like, eh, you might be on the downside. On
1: 30. Jeez. Wow, 30. so you look at like, okay, so we look at a team like the Cardinals, which is our team, uh, the San Antonio Spurs of baseball. Uh, <laughs> the idea- you look at what Matheny was doing by keeping Tommy Pham out of the major leagues for the yep. first couple months of the year. Here's the guy who, who really was the breakout star. Him and Paul DeYoung are the two breakout stars for the Cardinals this year, offensively, certainly. Yep. Those guys should have been in the whole time. Like, what was he doing? Why was he doing
3: that? I mean, I guess they were looking. You know, it's tricky because you want to rely on track record. Like, Alledmus Diaz only had one year of track record, but he was very good. He was last great. Year. Like, he hit the ball well. Not a great defense guy. Not but a great he hit defensive well. player, but he was a pretty good hitter. So they were just waiting to see, like, what is the sample size at which maybe this goes for baseball and life? Like, what is the sample size at which you've just lost it? You know, you're not a you're not a good stand up anymore. You're not a good baseball player anymore. Whatever it is, if you've built up a track record. You don't automatically want to bump the guy off. You just could be like, "Well, the guy had a bad set, you know, whatever. He, he's yeah. going through a divorce." Baseball guy, oh, he just he, he strained a hamstring or whatever. Right. But at a certain point, you might have to be like, "You know what, dude? Like your sets are garbage, and you can't hit the he fastball. Can't anymore. Anymore. Yeah.
1: He can't get there anymore. Yeah, can't see it anymore." Well, what are our teams willing to trade? Like hitting for fielding at this point. Where where what is the premium placed on fielding at this point?
3: Yeah, it's definitely become more pronounced. If you think about during the PED era. Um, You had a situation where everybody could hit home runs. It seemed like, right? And so it just became, let's go for a bunch of big fat guys who could draw walks. That was sort of the Moneyball era, and hit home runs. And now, Scott Hatterberg. Scott Hatterberg is a good example. Big old butt. And, well, they had, a, like, a Rubio Dorazo and Jack and all these, like, truly, like, fat dudes. Uh-huh. John Jaha. Like, John they, Jaha. They had all these the dudes. The name. It's, it's like s- you, you're literally laughing at how fat it is. <laughs> John. <laughs> oh, Jaha. Jaha. Look at that That's what
1: you say when you push yourself away from the table and you can't eat anymore. Jaha.
3: <laughs> and, um. Now, even though the steroids are as perceived as the height of home runs, we set an all-time home run record now in 2017. So More big, home runs than ever before.
1: Big problem because it's like it's either home runs or strikeouts, and it's making the games kind of boring for a lot of people in that there's not a lot of stuff in between. Where's the in-between
3: stuff? But if you look at who might win the AL MVP this year. Who is it's it? a guy Who has 24 home runs. He's a little bit of a power hitter. But he also stole 30-odd bases. He's a great fielder, and he's six. That's Jose, Jose Altuve, who, who just won hit the batting title. And he hit odd. three
1: home runs in a postseason game.
3: He did. So he does have power, but he's, he's kind not of like in the big perfect, guy.
1: He's in the perfect stadium for him, too. You know? Certainly. The That's... Crawford
3: boxes help. You can pull the ball and hit the home runs over yeah. that short left field yeah. wall, but... The idea of having all-around talent, that five-tool talent that we grew up with, right. Ken Griffey Jr., that's guys right. like that, that's really – we're going back to those days. Even if you have four tools, even if you're not necessarily a big power hitter, but you do everything well, you're athletic, you play good defense, you hit for average, that stuff matters because you're zigging while everybody else is zagging. Ozzy Smith. I mean, I think about a guy Absolutely. like Ozzy
1: Smith was a guy who changed games with his fielding, came into the league, was known as a defensive guy, got his hitting up to around 300, 310. Yeah. And then With on
3: base, he could walk a little bit. Walk,
1: steal bases, Definitely. not this a big home using- run hitter. but Just t- like Altuve, 30, 40 stolen bases. But exactly. Altuve's got way more power. Yeah,
3: But it didn't start that way. He developed into that, and, and that goes to what's going on in the game, which, you know, for your – I mean, obviously, you have a more general audience, but in our circles, even in our circles, we haven't accepted it yet fully. The ball's juiced. And think I think it is? It, it, well, not I think it is. So in the past, we talked wow. about PDs and all this stuff. Yeah. So a guy named Ben Lindbergh, who I worked with, who's as good as it gets in this industry, he did a study along with a, a guy named Mickey Lickman, and they found that the, based on the normal range, and the normal range is huge, it's as if like the range for comedians and height would be like Tig and Gary Goldman. Like, that's the best example. <laughs> Gary but Goleman, 6'6", 6'6", nor- Tig is And they're both uh, within five, the normal two. range. They're both comedians. This yeah. is true, but yeah, they're, six, very, five, two, they're very different. That's right. And so <laughs> this, in the terms of juice balls, Major League Baseball decided that they could make it very broad. And so they've go- they've taken it. They could still argue it's a normal range, but they have pulled it all the way over here. The data shows this. And balls are traveling on average about seven or eight feet further, which doesn't seem like much. But if you think about a warning track fly ball, it goes over the wall. So now we've got all these home runs. So it's not just that Aaron Judge is hitting home runs. Brett Gardner and Yonder Alonzo and dudes you've never heard of yeah. are hitting home runs. Yeah. And so it just creates an interesting kind of game where everything has changed in that way. And, I, you know, it's it's probably too much. I like power, but all power and strikeouts, eh. It's not – and so because guys get infatuated with the
1: long ball. Yes. And they – so they start taking swinging long balls. for that. Swing. Instead of swinging for contact, instead of trying to make So funny, hits. Aaron Judge's first hit in that first inning of the game that they won. Yeah. Uh, Blooper Yeah He actually he he. It was a beautiful piece of hitting He Two strikes He reached down And with the strength Of his He's a strong kid With the strength of his arm Blooped it into center field But didn't even take a full swing Did what he had to do To move the guy over Of course Didi Gregorius Hits the three run homer He's next up that, to me, was like, oh, you just did something that we normally don't see. Yep. Maybe this is happening in playoff time where it's like I got to get on anyway by any means necessary.
3: I think he's also growing as a hitter a little bit. My guy who I love, maybe my favorite player, is Joey Votto. And Joey Votto chokes way up on the bat. and that's He chokes so far Like up. far. And that's what we used to do in Little League. And that's what we used to sure. do in the Two 70s. strikes, you get way up on the lumber. And he does it all the time. And by the way, he hit 34 home runs choking up. And the I only mean. other guy... Who's done that? Who you could say had the big choke up. Wait, I got to see if I can get from our history or? From- for, no, not yeah, From our history, a great player. And he, we're talking about somebody who could hit for average and power and draw walks and do can everything I guess? well. Can yes I
1: guess? Can you give me a hint? Uh, he is. Did he play in the
3: National League? He did play the National League. Ooh. But it's not an obscure guy at all. I mean, I thought George Brett. Did he ever choke up George Brett? A little bit. It's not that far back. It's not that far back. I don't.
1: I don't think I can do it. Brett, uh, uh, who's the guy? Uh, Brett Butler seemed like a guy who choked up a yeah, lot. Yeah, but he didn't
3: hit for power. He never no. hit for power. The guy's Barry Bonds. Barry, Barry Bonds? Bonds. And obviously, there's other stuff with Barry Bonds. But really? Barry what Bonds, other stuff? I've heard ba- no. I've nothing. heard no other stuff. Barry about Bonds it. would choke way up on the bat. So not only did he have magnificent power, but even when he was like a skinny guy, yeah. he just he could spray the ball. He could do whatever he wanted to do. He just had incredible back control and a batting eye. Votto's not Bonds for many different reasons. No. But I find that approach very interesting.
1: Bonds to me has always been will always be the absolute example of the steroid era as much as rafael palmer no it's the example randy of of extreme greed of greed and 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 how greed fueled fueled the steroid era Mm -hmm. how the desire to want to be the greatest ever clouded what would have been an amazing career for him that is the ultimate tragedy he if he would have stayed in his Pittsburgh Pirates body. Yeah. Okay. And grown and worked out the way yeah. guys worked out in the nineties, but like grown the way he did and not touched anything because he would have understood his legacy. And I don't know what the word is about Griffey Jr. I don't think he did steroids, but I mean you never know. You never know. Maybe. Why are you smiling like that? Here's You're the smiling.
3: thing. A lot of guys did I'm sure a bunch of people not get. a lot, like twenty like, percent, like a like so a lot you, of guys. But
1: steroids that were illegal at the time were what we now so, c- c- now consider illegal. Uh,
3: Yes, and, and therefore we have to make a decision on how we view all of these guys. So they started what's called the anti-drug uh, – uh, it's a new regimen, basically, and they implemented it in the spring of 2006. Well, Bonds was already on his way out by then. He'd broken the record. Sosa had happened. McGuire had happened. So these guys are all Jews. Now, technically, you weren't, you weren't encouraged to do this stuff, but there was no drug testing program Everything was sort of winked at or whatever, and it's not just the Bon Sosa McGuire. You McGuire had my had Andro in his locker. But Andrew wasn't disallowed. And it then was you not had disallowed. And then you had guys, fringe guys. So I used to root for a guy named FP Santangelo. He was a fringe mm-hmm. player, yeah. minor leaguer. He was like five nine and he juiced to the moon. And yeah. then he made it and had like a okay, like seven or eight year career because he was trying so you had guys trying to save their livelihood. You had guys who were the best. You had pitchers doing it. It was just the time. I, I that that puts it into a context for me, but
1: I think somebody should have been in Barry Bond's ear saying, Listen, man, just stop. If you don't but touch it, but the owners it, were encouraging it. I know, but if you don't touch it, Barry. You just will because hit, we don't know we don't know what the fallout of all this stuff if is. If you don't touch, but they didn't, they weren't that forward thinking. But but in my brain, if Barry Bonds doesn't touch it, he still hits four or five hundred home runs. He steals five hundred bases, okay? Four or five hundred bases. He gets three thousand hits and he hits maybe 300, and he's a hell of a fielder. So he goes down in history as, like, this generation. Yep. National League, Ken Griffey. Or a National League, Willie McCovey, or someone like of that level yeah. and that stature. And you say to yourself, okay, th- you go down as one of the greatest players of all time, first ballot Hall of Famer, nobody yep. even questions it. You, go, you sail through, you become a darling. Now you're of- a pariah. Now you're a pariah. pariah. These Hope were the working. times.
3: I have a question for you. Sure. Yeah. Answer honestly. I know you will. How did you feel about Mark McGuire in 1998? You know... Not now. In 1998. I was excited. I was was very excited. We
1: were all excited about it. It actually, post-strike in baseball... Yeah.
3: After that, the Ripken thing first, and then the home runs. The Ripken thing and the home runs. To I me, mean, the moment where he was and Ripken Sosa, Do you think Ripken? I was would juicing? absolutely not surprise me a bit if he was. I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Wow. Look, that moment when like McGuire and Sosa like fake punched each other in the stomach at home plate after he breaks the. <laughs> they were racket. on the
3: cover of SI wearing togas. I know. Like we revered these dudes. And it was Sosa, fun. And the thing is, McGuire re- rehabbed his image a little bit. Like he's a hitting coach. I Even know. Bonds is a hitting coach. Sammy's nowhere to be seen. Sammy. And I do respect the Bonds and McGuire, but he actually. He's, he's around, nowhere to be seen
1: he's because his skin is
3: now translucent. <laughs> yeah, this that's is true. his fault. This okay? is true. He's invisible at this point. But of the three guys, <laughs> like I would argue car. that Sosa was kind of the most beloved by the fans. Like, oh, yeah. would sprint through the bleachers and wave to everybody oh, yeah. and slam at Sammy in the hop. McGuire was kind of dry. Bonds was nobody, you know, Bonds was everybody kind of surly. Hated, we met him. Terrible dude in that, when we met him. And Sosa just brought so up. much joy. He did. And Sosa then he got always,
1: ostracized. Because yes. Sosa was to me. Always seemed like a wild card. To me, Sosa is the closest thing to Puig that we've seen. A little erratic behavior. Yeah. You know, like I remember him coming in as a rookie, like swinging crazy. You know, like he struck out a ton. He would hit the ball a ton. Yeah. He was like, he just was, had some erratic things about him like it doesn't surprise me that he would latch on to the you know human growth and that yeah yeah but uh he did, wasn't a bad guy but you're right it's amazing
3: the I cubs don't think... just got rid of him like reconcile already who yeah, cares truth of the matter is i think mcguire yeah
1: you know sosa is not from this country sosa dominican republic oh, Right. yeah well, it's well, like it's he can't talk his way out of it, it, you know what i'm saying way like way. i feel like mcguire can look mcguire can look into a camera and, and Bonds, for that matter, too. But Bonds has done a better job of being like, look, I'm a pure hitter and I can help you out. And if you don't want my skills, then fuck you. Yeah. But, like, McGuire can look into a camera and, be, and say, I am truly sorry about everything that I've done. <laughs> I don't know if Sosa has that ability to convey the gravitas of how he felt or he won't say it right. So maybe he's worried
3: about that. Well, in subtle racism in sports, I hate to say it, it's always a common denominator. Yeah. You know, it's just, I mean, you could compare anybody to anybody. Why did... Bonds get the worst of it. Number one, he was a dick to the media. And number two, two, maybe it's because he's not white. Yeah, Yeah, no, hell yeah. In in a sport
1: that really was, could have used it.
3: Yeah. Could well, no, was- African, African-American population in Major League Baseball right now is like 7%, 8 It's not that big.
1: It's not big. Do you see that ever, I mean, changing? They're making
3: efforts. I think MLB is making concerted effort. Rob Manfred, the commissioner, is far more progressive than the used car dealer, horrible person, Bud Selig, who, <laughs> by the way, I went to the uh, Hall of Fame <laughs> induction. description of him. Yeah. I went to the Hall of Fame induction of, of several players this, this year. It was uh, Jeff Bagwell. Pudge Rodriguez, John Sherhol the executive. Well, another guy. That's my favorite true. player of all time, Tim Raines, and Bud Selig. So you right. had all these Tim Xbox Raines fans. mentioned you in his. speech. He did mention me for like Holy two minutes.
1: <laughs> that's ridiculous in his Hall of that's
3: Fame. That's crazy.
1: That's an insane moment was, for you as a lifelong. It's Xbox an insane fan. moment for me being a friend and a fan of yours. That like, you because you champion that guy in the media like no other. I mean. I feel like people listen to what you had to say because you're a trusted – you go on the air. Every time I watch you, and I don't think I've even told you this, but like anytime I'd watch you on Baseball Tonight or or watch you on anything that you do, I'm always like – I listen to what everybody else says, and I'm like, all right, hang on. Let let me wait and see what Joe's going (laughs) to say. Because I think what you have to say is probably the most grounded, most important thing that's going to come out of this. Your article, the last article you sent me that you just wrote, which you said is uh, quoting you as your most strident writing, which is about how we as fans need to demand more of our ownership and the owners need to stop taking advantage of players, which is what's creating a lot of the problems. Yeah, going the, into going into countries and getting sixteen year old guys and saying you're lucky to play here and, and not negotiating good contracts and paying our college players—all the things you wrote in that thing—I was where out can they love. find that article? CBS that's Sports. On CBS Sports. Yeah, CBS that's Sports. Just look up Jonah Carey out loud. I was saying to my phone where I was reading. I was like, "Yep, yep, yes." That's a great article. When you're just out loud talking to shit. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Who are you, you talking to? Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, and it's just, it, it goes to societal stuff. You know, people the, the, the anthem controversy continues and all this stuff. It's to me, it's the same thing. The idea of sixteen year old labor or college athletes or whatever. Everything is about white old rich oligarchs just trying to keep people of color, younger people down. I mean, that, that's just. Yeah. I feel that way about the country. I, I feel you that know way what? about sports. The,
1: I, I think you can even make it less. I'll, I'll float some of the owners even a little bit more rope and say it's not keeping them down yeah. as much as keeping what they have stout. And if what they have keeping their own empires intact, if that so happens to keep these people down, or if I so happen to build my empire on the backs of – trying, you know, screwing the, those people, then so be it. Yeah. So it's not even like a malicious, I'm trying to keep you down. It's more like I'm trying to keep what I have. I'm not giving them a pass at all. I think it's completely unaware, and I think it's wrong. I'm just saying There's that, an
3: like, interesting debate about that because I, I think you're probably right. But maybe it's the responsibility of people who are in power in this country, and I'll even go further, frankly. Maybe it's the responsibility of all freaking white people in this country to Mm -hmm. understand that we are already standing on second base when this thing starts.
1: Hell yes. Yes. We say that
3: all the time. We've said
1: that on this show, certainly about our attitudes about Colin Kaepernick. The fact that who the fuck just got – somebody just got – Picked up before Colin Kaepernick is
3: Brandon, a Whedon. Bra- yeah. Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon. I'm a better Whedon. quarterback than
1: Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon shouldn't even be selling me. Josh me. We- Joss Whedon. Josh Whedon, <laughs> Joss Whedon is a better, better quarterback, quarterback than, than Brandon, Brandon Whedon. Whedon. Are you you mean to tell me Brandon Whedon is going to bring more to your team than Colin Kaepernick can? That to me is. I don't want to ever hear an owner. Say on hard knocks or anywhere else, well, sorry, I had to let you go. It's a football decision. I love you, buddy, but it's a football decision. You don't ever get to say that again because yeah. people are leaving a prospect on the table who they and it doesn't matter anymore. And so, to your point, maybe you're right.
3: Yeah. And I think, well, there's a couple of interesting pieces, by the way. Uh, Bill Barnwell has talked about this a bit analytically. The Kaepernick is about a middle of the pack starting quarterback, right? He's, he's about not, number he's not, 20 statistically, right? He's not. Sixty-five or beyond? No, he he would be good enough to start on a bunch of lower-tier teams. Sure. And certainly good enough to be a backup, and sure. and also Rember Brown, my former colleague, both of them are former colleagues at Grantland, wrote a piece for the Bleacher Report. It's like the de- definitive Kaepernick piece, which is totally worth uh, reading. But I think the bottom line is, with that in particular, he like he's not coming back. That that ship has already sailed. And we could be upset about Brandon Weeden or not, but he's affecting a lot of change by not. He's not even giving interviews. He's just sitting back and letting things happen. And I find that very interesting. And I, I think that. You know, the, the fact that we're talking about police brutality or whatever, like, yeah, it chafes people, but, gee, it's, it's overdue. If this guy did it, good for him. It is uncomfortable. And when when people say, yeah, sports was my last
1: place where – I go I'm... to sports to escape. Yeah, go to well, escape you to know step. what? Take a hike to escape. Yeah. Like, like sports – don't put that responsibility on sports. To be your little like escape and outlet. Like that's what porn is for. Yes. <laughs> do that. Yeah, you escape. You, your escape. There's your escape, and it's a full it quickly, release, and then you can feel shameful about back, it. And then you can feel a little but, bit. Of but shame. that's not, don't put that on sports. Maybe other people, it's a release for them. But you know what? Sports is a thing that exists, it's a living organism. It doesn't have to only be your escape. That's not fair to sports. That is keeping sports down
3: yeah and, and and it is listen, I like just watching sports and turning my brain off too, but I'm trying to come to terms with systems that are corrupt and weird and whatever and and maybe that's that's what we have to do in life that yes, we have a family and kids, and everybody has a hard existence there's nobody who's just skating along, somebody has something right your your dog is sick or there's something going on. But that doesn't necessarily excuse you from being a, pro- a productive member of society. You just can't. You can't shut it all out. All Why life. can't
1: it be both? Why can't it be both? Why can't we integrate the two things that exist? Why can't we have a a lively a moment debate at the beginning, a I moment just, at the beginning game when they're they're, ba- they're at the anthem and you're upset about it? If you disagree with it, you can have feelings sure. about it. If you agree with them, you can feel proud of Get, it. Then guess what? They kick the ball off, and then the game happens. Two. You can have two different emotions in one in one afternoon.
3: Well, and you wonder if people that are upset about this stuff, if they're being disingenuous, like if they're just coming up with random counter arguments because, or if they actually are offended by this stuff. And and I, I think that these things get skewed. It's like, well, you're disrespecting the flag in the military. It has nothing to do with the flag in the military. They're taking a public moment and they're saying... Yeah, Tamir Rice, who's twelve years old, got shot in Cleveland in a park. Like that is what they're talking about. It is not about the actual Stars and Stripes. It has nothing to do with that whatsoever. And I, yeah, it's anyway, about integration.
1: I can I can support the and troops can, and also take them. By on the way, we protests. as human beings have the capacity to hold more than one thought. No, well, this is the number one thing that chafes me. Of course, you know, like we can hold a number of different thoughts in our brains at once, and and they can be like, I love the military and I love this country, but I'm upset about this that's going on. By the way, you can love this country and want it to get better. If you were a football coach and say, I love this quarterback, I love him, but he's got to fucking, he's got to get in. If you're, if you're a manager, and you're like, I love this relief pitcher, but you know what? He comes in and he's a little lackadaisical in the first few things. I love this kid, but he's got it. What, what's the difference between saying, I love this country and I want it to be better? It just blows my mind. Well, I'm, I'm glad we're back to baseball because I want, I'm not glad, but I mean, I, I want to I wanna get your thoughts as the, yeah. in the postseason because you did predict at the very beginning, on our podcast, you mm-hmm. did predict, and I we'll do this, and then we'll take a break. And then we'll take a break. Gonna, yeah, but it's. you did predict that uh, you thought that the Cubs and the and the Astros would make it into the World Series. And by the way, standing by it, even though Cleveland had what no one could no one could have expected what they did in the second half of this year, just like no one could have expected what the Dodgers did in the first half yep. of this year. Dodgers did it in the wrong half, which is so Dodgers. <laughs> Right? You know what I mean? Like, everyone's kind of fading at the end there. But you never know. Slate clean, postseason, post-season starts. You, could, you stumble in, but you I, could have a great run. I will
3: drop some knowledge on you, uh, fine folks. So there have been studies that have been done about this. If you look at the wild card era, which started in 1995, you look at all the teams that have gone on to win the World Series or not won the World Series or whatever, September momentum... This is how much it means a bagel zero. zero. The Dodgers yep. could have gone zero and thirty in September. It does not have you any just correlation. Make it to the playoffs once you're in the dance. That's it. And the great example of this, maybe of all time, is the 2006 Cardinals. St. Louis Baylor's Cardinals. Cardinals who 80... Not only only won eighty three games, they were twenty five and thirty two to end the season. That's not even a small sample size. That's like end of July to the end of the season. They won eighty three games this year. Eighty-two games. That's 82 right, games and they show. won the World Series that year. And this year, they're a disappointment, exactly because yeah. of circumstances. But the Cardinals were absolutely limped into the playoffs. And other than the Mets, which was one of the greatest series I've ever watched in my life, that LCS. Oh my god! They rolled. They rolled in the World Series. They rolled in the LDS. Yeah. They crushed dudes. Yeah. And you look at the two thousand one Mariners, who won one hundred and sixteen games, it's yeah. the most of all time. They went into the playoffs seventeen and six. They were rolling in September. Yankees housed them. I mean, yeah. they smoked them. Smoked them. its all the like time. the
1: Golden State Warriors thing of you know, like you maybe. Maybe blew your wad in the regular season, which you, you should not that you should ever give it sort of a, a little coast towards the end, but maybe resting your guys a little bit and not needing it. But then again, I have to say there is something to the teams like the Royals team of a couple year years, 2015, that had to literally backs against the wall coming in yep. in the wild card game. Then in the next series and they just they they fought and they fought and they fought and they had been battle tested that they lived on that edge the whole time. You couldn't match that intensity. All right. So who do you see this year? Of the teams remaining, in your mind, like, you, you I'm sure you keep reshuffling. Sure, bag. yeah. So what are you thinking right now?
3: So, I mean, the preseason prediction is what it is, and I, I, I'm not going to – I don't want to back off of it, but just in general with analysis, if you look at Houston, and, I mean, I walked downstairs, they were just destroying the Red Sox. I mean, and they did it in game one, too, and they added Justin Verlander. Verlander is really good. One of the weirdest assignments I've ever had in my career, and I don't give a shit if this is a humble brag. Just
1: to babysit Kate Upton. <laughs>
3: Close. <laughs> Last year, I swear to God, this is true. Because I, I get like freelance assignments once in sure. a while. People reach out. I got an email from a guy and he said, I want you to do an article about Justin Verlander and a little bit about Kate Upton because we're going to feature X, this part of their lives. So you make it about baseball and lifestyle or whatever. You go visit them in Detroit and do whatever. Uh, so I did it, and there was a big photo spread of whatever, the two of them. And I got to meet both of them, and Kate was lovely, and so was Justin. He is a really good dude. We met him at that all-star party. Really Very good sweet. dude, and he works with veterans and does all kinds yeah, of cool like stuff. a great guy. It was for Ferrari Magazine. Oh! oh, oh, oh. They have four Ferraris, and Jeez, I, you know, it was so cool. Like, I, I wanted, didn't really realize wanted to realize it was a water. Ferrari Magazine. We
1: don't subscribe to that, Jay. It literally
3: costs 50 euros. That's what the cover <laughs> price is. 50 euros! My God! It's not even in dollars. No! It's you can't get it in dollars. You can't it's get it in dollars. Their Ferraris are beautiful. Like uh-huh. I, I, I think I was actually maybe I'm just getting old, but I think I was more excited about ogling the Ferraris than yeah, talking about this. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, what is that
1: in Canadian, by the way? Centura, it's a Canadian. lot in Canadian. It's a lot of Canadian. <laughs> Twenty,
3: What is it? 50 euros is probably
1: about $30,000 Canadian. I believe uh, so. so uh, Astros so are very good. Adding Verlander was maybe the thing that they needed because they were sailing along at the beginning, like way out then in they they hit of a pitching rough spot. injuries. Then
3: they had pitching injuries. But all. their lineup is loaded. They led the majors in home runs and also didn't strike out, which never happens. They've got a, bu- like a bunch of Altuve's who can hit and hit home well, runs. And young guys. Correa is just outrageously talented. And instruited. Oh, yeah. Springer, all these guys. Springer. And I'll give him. you one sleeper team, and of course I'm saying this, and they could be eliminated by next week, but uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks are terrifying to me. If because... you're a Dodgers fan, you should be worried. I'll tell you a couple reasons. Number one is this guy, J.D. Martinez. Oh, who's my not, God. Not a household name if you're a casual baseball fan. No, but I, when that trade happened, I was For like, nothing. They got for it for nothing. nothing I was he like, hit 45 home runs in fewer than 120 games. That's that a pace insane. of, like, 60. more. That's, yeah, 60. Yeah. And so this is I'll go deep, deep, deep stats right now. JD Martinez led the majors in slugging percentage. I think he slugged 684. Number two is Stanton. Giancarlo Stanton had 59 home runs. So that's. Martinez and then Stanton. The gap between Martinez and Stanton w- in slugging was the same as the gap between Stanton and the number 12 guy in slugging. Okay, J.D. So. Martinez is by far the best power hitter in baseball. Not Judge, not Stanton, not anybody. And J.D. Martinez might not even be the best player in the Diamondbacks Gold Goldsmith. plays the ball Goldschmidt. Yeah, Goldschmidt. And their rotation is really good because they signed Granke a couple years ago. Yeah. This kid Robbie Ray's become really yeah, good. Yep. If they were the New York Diamondbacks, we'd be like, my God, dynasty for the Diamondbacks. But now, because... I don't know. They could lose because the playoffs, small sample size, but they're
1: very good. Sure. I mean, look, and if if I were the Diamondbacks, I'd be kind of worried to play the Dodgers because Kershaw's Dod- great, Seager's great, Kershaw's great, Bellinger's great. great. How is Wood? I mean, is he still on the he, shelf? Or he is he? P- no, he picked it up a
3: little bit in okay. September, and they got this guy named Rich Hill, who's
1: again, uh, uh, if you're a casual fan, oh. Rich Hill had a perfect get- or a no hitter, perfect game, perfect, perfect game. game, perfect game into the tenth, into the tenth inning, the tenth and th- inning. it was broken up and it then was it broken, broken by it up by a home run and lost the
3: game. But the com- that's the culmination of something crazy, where his best season was either 07 or 08. Then he pitched like 150 innings total for eight years. He was out of the majors. He pitched in the Indy League, I think for the Long Island Ducks, out of baseball, (laughs) comes back, a curveball specialist, had the biggest blister problems you've ever seen, missed dozens of starts with blisters, comes into this year, struggles, he has more blisters, his curveball, which is like, like, like a Carrie Wood curveball, like a Sandy Koufax, like yeah. one of the greatest curveballs ever. He can't throw it anymore. He junks his curveball. He throws almost only fastballs now, 88 miles an hour, and he's amazing. Uh, he's like the best story of the playoffs. And if you don't know who he is, you should watch Rich Hill. Yeah. Rich Hill. I mean, Dodgers left-hander. Perfect game. Unbelievable. Perfect game. That's like perfect. a Steve Trout story. It
1: is. You know? It was like John Tudor speed. No, no, it was like a Jamie Moyer who Jamie was like Moore? 56 Jamie and still <laughs> pitching. Uh, but that. So it is incredible. I mean, to me, I think if you're a baseball fan, there's a lot of great... You know, the Dimebacks and the Dodgers played each other. They were in the same division. and it Dimebacks stopped, played well against the Dodgers, too. Yeah, they played really well. They yeah. swept them in, in September, like in a... Twice. twice. Okay, so... Dodgers should be worried, but then again, slate is clean. You slate is know the the playoffs, it's the playoffs, and the thing playoffs.
3: is, you know that the Warriors and the Cavs are going to play every year in basketball because those are two best teams. The best team often does not win in baseball. They did last year with the Cubs, but it often doesn't happen. It's an underdog. A ball hits a pebble. Things happen, like the 2006 card. Well, that's the only thing. It's like in a seven-game basketball series because there are so few
1: players on the, yes. on the field. In a seven-game basketball series, the weaknesses get exposed. Your weakest thing gets preyed upon, and like you said, the better team usually wins. Well, what's weird in baseball is sometimes Sometimes, like, bad hitting is contagious. Like, Sometimes whole lineup good starts. Hit, good hitting is baseball conti- is like hockey in that way. Hockey is the bit. type of thing where, you know, you get a great, a hot goaltender, a.k.a. a hot pitcher, coming in. Like, a, a pitcher like Bumgarner, who... Maybe the Giants weren't the best team those those years. But you were like, we got two wins with that, dude. And then a three, third. And a third. And so three. it's just crazy. All right. So a lot to be excited about. Let's but if you them. had, like, water pistol okay. to your head, what what would you say?
3: Well, I mean, I took the Astros at the beginning of the year to make the World Series. I said the Cubs would beat them. I think, that, let's say, that they could win it now. They're really good. Houston and Cleveland. That will be an could unbelievable be the LCS, series. That might ultimately be the World Series. Right. Those two teams. They're unbelievably good. And it's funny because from a ratings perspective, Cubs are going up against the Nats were really good. The Yankees are going up against Cleveland. I refuse to say their team name at this point. I just call them the Lindors. The, uh-huh. the Lindor Lindors. Them. I yeah. love and the Red kid. Sox are playing Houston. All three of the Cubs, uh, Red Sox, and Yankees might be gone. We might be talking about Houston's and Arizona's or whatever for the Small World market Series. Small market teams. Which I love it, but He's I don't right. know. Maybe it's... Fox executives. Maybe
1: happy. that's not so great. All right, well, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll add our buddy Scott Rogowski who is with us. And we have a couple of quick hits. We're with Jonah Carey. The great Jonah Carey of CBS Sports. Definitely check out. And your it. podcast. And your is podcast.
3: The Jonah Carey Podcast. Which is amazing.
1: You've had unbelievable people. Canadian
3: Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, for some reason, decided to come on my podcast Which for an I'm hour. just going
1: to say this, and I'll put this out in the universe. You should work with him on something. I'll just put that Maybe. out in the universe. Maybe. Who knows? Let's put that out there. Uh, when we come back, more of you from the cheap seats right after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back to View from the Cheap Seats. Uh, we are sitting in Jonah Carey's living room in Denver, Colorado, where we're doing awesome shows at uh, the Comedy Works this weekend. What a what a treat to be here. We're finding the funny with with rags. Uh, for those who are curious and interested, we are trying to and figure out where our uh, stand-up special, which was supposed to be on CISO, is going to land. Uh, we'll see. Audible's working hard to try and make that happen. We'll let you know as soon as that lands somewhere. Um we uh, what else can I say, Jay? What else is going on? Uh, we just want people. We're trying to spread the word about this podcast and grow it as much as we can. Tell two friends about it. If you're a sports fan and you want to turn someone on to a sports, say podcast, hey, are you listen to a sports podcast. If you're not, if you like sports podcasts, this is a great one to listen to because we have people like Jonah Carey and Scott Rogowski. Rags, welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey, hey! So good. It's been a great weekend, has it oh, not? Oh boy! Holy what shit! We had town. fun, right? It's a Denver. great Denver. Denver. We went to uh, just this little small thing, and you'll find it in the. It won't make it in the in the funny but uh, we went to the weed dispensary called Ballpark Weed. That's right. Ballpark Ballpark Weed because nothing says uh, let's get high more than Nolan Arenado. (laughs) I think the other thing about it is we we talked to the guy who was the manager there. I guess he was the bud tender. And he said that – Last year, not this year because the Rockies read it but last year, edibles were a big thing for Rockies. Take games. edibles. It's the on only way, way to, to tolerate it. the later innings of a, exactly. a, of a, a the Rockies. exactly you long game. enough to
0: Charlie Blackman's beard, man. You start, you start seeing, seeing shit. It. Yeah. You get, like, the whole, There's a dragon
1: in there. I mean, the Illuminati lives in there. They, exactly. Yeah, it's like a $1 bill. <laughs> What's up there? It's like an upside-down eye. Well, we have some quick hits that we want to get through in this show and some crazy things have been happening. Alex Morgan, uh, love her. You know, we we, as, I we have girls the, as daughters. We have girls as daughters. I was about the women's to women's. we have girls as daughters. The women's U.S. soccer team, and you have a daughter as well, Jonah. Uh, the I do have eight-year-old twins. Right, so yeah. and the women's. And US, she's the athletic one. She's the athletic one. But the women's U.S. soccer team may be one of my favorite overall teams in all of like U.S. sports. Okay, to me, I feel like they. Embody what the old U.S. men's 1980 Olympic hockey team—they're fun. They have fun with each other. They fucking win. They're just great. So I kind of give them as much leeway, leeway as I can. Even when Abby Wambach, Wambach has uh, like some crazy, like gets arrested for stuff. No, that was Hope Solo. Hope yeah, but Solo. Abby Wambach. Oh yeah, Abby also Wambach was, got a, like a arrested. DUI. Hope Solo was arrested. She's crazy. She's nuts. All right. Well, Alex, is, Morgan Alex Morgan, Morgan. now uh, was told by police to leave Disney World in Florida. Okay on Sunday. Like, leave Disney World is kind of a big deal. Like, if the like di- like if like, if Mickey and Minnie can't, like, get under control and the cops have to be called in, you've done something. <laughs>
3: That's a domestic dispute. So my understanding is that it happened at, like, the at the Epcot, the thing where you do, like, the round of drinks or whatever. Correct. Yeah. They were at the I've English bar. I've never done bar. that. Have you guys done that? I know. It's I supposed to be the most fun thing in the world for the Shut exact up. reasons that Alex Morgan got thrown out. She, because you could get party. blitzed on, like, liquors from 12 different countries. On a fucking... grappa. On a monorail. <laughs> yeah. She was,
1: she was in the... U- in a uk themed bar uh-oh uh-huh. her in a group of some other like you know soccer stars from the united states and she they got into a fight with people like she this got is crazy and then kicked out of disney okay like, if you're alex morgan you have to understand you're on the muscle milk you're part of that whole thing you have to you have to walk away from fights it's not it's it's you know, you got to understand if we gave Cam Newton shit, we give him shit for what he said about the female reporter, you're going to lose your your endorsement. What if she loses her endorsement over That's this? That's sucky, though.
3: Don't we get to be jerky like once in a while, even if you have status? <sighs> I mean, I think she's like the problem
1: for her. And here's the problem. she's doing anything terrible, by right? By the way, soccer is getting a little too popular in the United States. I mean, there are NFL stadiums where it's half full. Yeah. You go to the Atlanta... Falcon Stadium is half, not a half full, but like there's certainly some Rams games. You look at at the Coliseum, oh, it's like there's no, one's no one there. there. Chargers games is a twenty four thousand seat thing. They can't fill that up. You look at the Atlanta soccer team, Atlanta's team. Portland Timbers, Atlanta's seventy thousand, seventy thousand. So soccer, I think, is getting too too Like you're you're you can get face checked. Look, I think the only thing, the good thing
0: that's going to come out is she's going to get a new nickname, Captain Morgan. That's right, <laughs> and she rolls from there, right?
2: Rags.
1: Just I mean, one I think leg that's, up, that's Rags. One, one leg up.
0: up. I just think it's funny to hear men talking about women's soccer. I, uh, who are you, Cam Is that funny? I think it's think funny. I think it's
1: funny? I appreciate that. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> All right. Uh, this story, I'm trying to load it up right now, and it's having trouble. I maybe Rand remembers some of the details about it. The woman who lost her finger okay. at, a tea, at, at her a, son's T-ball ball game. Now, are
3: your kids into the early level of sports? So they've played baseball and basketball. My son is uh, easily distracted and wants, he doesn't want any part of the like organized movements of sports. He's The thing that he's probably best at is ice skating, which is just you can learn it on your own and whatever. Right. But the idea of like... Time to run to first. Here, okay, set a screen. Dude, like, that's not happening. Right? Right, like, that's we a... all, we played all that stuff. So you play I played basketball, serious basketball, from the time I was six years old. My whole but here's life my question. Basketball. You were on like, the Canadian Why? Olympic, team. It, Canadian Olympic seem, team.
1: it did not seem like that
3: much it's for not us. Not be a team. I yeah, mean, yeah, I yeah. just told a
1: story, though, because I'm now into the coaching ranks. My son is now, he's... I'm he into to the
3: Shaba ranks. What a coincidence. You know,
1: Shaba ranks. <laughs> uh He He moved into a level of baseball called Mustang, which is nine and ten-year-olds. And now we so When we're, you grow
3: a mullet, when you, you get grow a convertible, a Mustang, right? You, know you right. got to drive a Mustang. A Mustang. Oh, yeah. uh,
1: no, so it's a league where there's pickoff moves, there's leadoffs, oh, there's wow. stealing bases, there's signs. There's like, you know, our coaches are giving signs, uh, and my son is like, it's a whole other level. It's starting to get to the level where I remember when we played, when we were kids, what it was like. And, uh, I, I'll never forget this. I told this story on a, on a sports radio show today here in town. Uh, I was coaching and the coach on the other team, this is a couple years ago. Do you know this story? No. Coach on the other team, uh, was yelling at his kids, like, really get, like, Vic Morrow in the original Bad News Bears, but worse. And, like, giving it to his kids, giving it to his sons. He has twin sons. And I was really, it was really bothering me. I mean, not bothering me enough to get off my cell phone in the dugout. I was talking to my friend in New York. Uh, But that's how much I was in the game. This guy's, like, calling timeouts when our pitcher throws two strikes in a row to mess with our pitcher's flow. I mean, this guy's an asshole. And so I'm sitting in the dugout, I'm on the phone, and I'm like, this guy's an asshole. I'm going to confront this guy. Mm. My friend, she was like, you should confront him. I'm like, oh. I'm going to confront him. She's like, do it. I'm like, I'm hanging up with you right now. Inning's over. I'm going to confront him. So I walk straight across the diamond. I have no business being on the field. I I'm mean, like, like Dallas Braden. <laughs> right. We're across, Calling
3: across, Dallas Braden. Coming I at him, right?
1: You. I'm coming at this dude. I'm like, hey, bro. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. I don't even Jay? use Jay's those never words. Used that phrase. I'm coming hey, in hot, right? Coming hey, hot. bro. I got to talk to you about something. He's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. This dude's like a personal trainer, like big dude. He's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. He's like, first, I got to tell you something. I'm like, oh, okay. Shit. Here, here we go. go. Here we go. It's go time, right? Yeah. I'm going to take this guy down. I'm like, yeah, what do you got to say? He's like, I love it when you and your brother fill in for Jim Rome. Damn it. And I was like, keep up the good coaching. <laughs> you should probably yell at your kids a little hey, more. Hey, you want to nah, take a swing at my kid? He won't do his homework. I don't think that uh, uh, right fielder is lo- getting the point. You yeah. Should, yeah. might want to yell at spank that kid him. Spank him. <laughs> spank him in front of his mom. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, how, how one compliment take. Right, so, T-ball. All right. This is, of course, took place in Clarksville, Tennessee. Oh, uh, it was supposed to be a sweet moment, a milestone oh, in three-year-old Carson Brown's life. Oh. Instead, a little league t-ball game on September sixth. Now, Carson Brown hosts The Voice. Is that's that correct? right. Yep. Okay. Turned into a moment that would change <laughs> Chelsea Brown's life forever. Uh, and never not been a big Chelsea fan. I'm, yeah. I'm more of a Manchester uh, City fan. Fine.
3: <laughs> and but
1: not for the better. better. Right. It was her first time at St. Bethlehem Civilian Park, and as she cheered on her little lake monsters. Uh, Her right hand gripped the top rail of the fence around the stands where she was sitting. As she went to get down, the unthinkable happened Uh when I hopped down my wedding ring got caught on this little piece oh. of metal sticking out there. So when I hopped down, my finger just did not come with me. Oh, oh no, She said. Jimmy Fallon did. Look, it was look, I've up. given people the finger at a T-ball game before, It was hanging up. Wait, wait, up she again. ruffled
3: the hair of the president? Is that, right. that what you're talking about? I, I,
1: I, I, I it was hanging up there. Oh. I looked down, and it was gone. 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 A family friend grabbed Brown's finger. The best friend ever? You now have to drive that friend to the airport for the rest of her life. Okay, whenever we go grab the uh, finger, and her husband raced to a nearby where she was put on a life flight helicopter. That's a little much. That's life life flight Vanderbilt helicopter. University yeah. because uh, vac- the damage to the tendon, and blood vessels, and nerves. And oh God, oh my, oh Jesus! She gave her son a high a high four. Yeah, exactly. On the way out when he there's when he no way to reconnect the, the finger, and they had to amputate most of it. Oh my God! So she David- was
3: channeling Mordecai Three Finger Brown. That's so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Deep dive. <laughs> Only you could make that joke. Two, Only you could make that joke. Like somewhere, Satchel Page just laughed at that joke. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, but the uh, that our buddy Dave Anthony told us this was like an old Dave Anthony. Dave thing. Anthony, who's our guest last uh, two mm-hmm. weeks ago on uh, Dumb People Town. Uh, Dave Anthony's great joke was that he was playing basketball. Yeah, and, and he uh, someone like was trying, trying to, to climb over a, fence, over a fence and got his wedding ring caught on thin and it pulled off the tip of his finger. And he said, "Moral of the story is." don't get married great joke <laughs> uh great dave joke dave uh, anthony that is crazy i mean who knew t-ball could be so dangerous uh but look look i'm getting in fights with little league coaches this woman's losing a My finger goodness. in the fence like she's so cute too like she just. oh man i feel jerry bad. garcia made it work did he, he yeah lost. he had one less yeah, he had one he lost
3: a middle finger did he lose a yeah. middle finger yeah, Rahm Emanuel? yeah Rahm does, Rahm he's kind of terrible though does he not have a finger no, yeah, he's missing a part of his middle finger. Yeah, yeah. alphonse
1: has got six, so maybe he can and donate one.
3: By the way, the whole thing about what the coach said, but I, I you guys, I've I've hung out with you. You get yes. way more public compliments than I do. But in certain places, especially Toronto, because mm-hmm. like I do a bunch of TV and sure. whatever. So occasionally, like someone will see me, or whatever, and uh, like it's like I beca- like I just. Somebody could literally like kick me in the balls and be like, "Yeah, I like your stuff." I would just be like, "Thanks, man!" Like I can't, <laughs> I, can't. I, I can't. I'm so over. Like I find it insane that anyone would know what I'm doing, and I just right. like cannot. Like I'm so You're overwhelmed by any compliments. Rags, you
1: get it a little bit too. I get a little bit and because it, of the, the the thing you did online, which I highly recommend anybody why? who hasn't seen it. Like the uh, what is it called? Funny, Hello. hilarious book titles that he put on these books that he was reading. Him on reading sub- on the subway
0: and people's reactions. I'm story. the reading train, bro. The reading train, bro. That's that didn't reading catch on, train, but. Uh, yeah. Fake books on the subway. Yeah. Okay. I was reading these books on the subway. Yeah, I do get I do get occasionally, uh, yeah. And I actually just got recognized for the first time because I now host this trivia game called HQ Trivia on, a, on an app. You got it. And for the first time, someone recognized me from the app show. Well, remember when we were down
1: in Tulsa, we got recognized. This was an That's unbelievable. True. Yeah on the yeah. street. Yeah. It's it's on the street. This is an unbelievable. A guy pulls up in a pickup truck, sees us on the street. Rolls, Rolls down, down the window, window, looks at both of us and is like, get out of here, Jews. You know, it's it just was- nice to be recognized for your work. Uh, all right. It's nice to be nice. Last story, and this is like something we could talk about forever. This episode
3: will be called Get, get out, out of Here, here Jews. Jews. We've got, uh, we got a quorum here. Uh, look. <laughs> We've got a minion. <laughs> Almost. The tour counts as too, right? It's the true.
1: last story we'll talk about is the the challenge. You said it's going to be a fight. George Foreman challenging Steven Seagal to a fight. To a fight. Okay, now you know we met Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal a we, regular. We had a project to, well, of course, and we had a project to work on something with him. It never ultimately came to fruition, but we sat in the room with Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal, he, he, who wanted to choose which chair he was going to sit He didn't want to sit on the couch. He wanted to sit on a hard chair in case, quote, I need to pounce. <laughs> right. There was a German guy, smaller than us, holding a camouflage backpack in his front, gripping it tightly and didn't say a word the entire meeting. I'm assuming that there were just a ton of grenades in there. Yeah, That's all like this think. is bodyguard. Like just uh, the insanity of it. I would pay... I would pay a million dollars to watch this fight on pay-per-view. How much better is this fight? Going Two older guys... Than Mayweather and McGregor. Mayweather McGregor. And I paid for that fight to watch But we friends. knew Mayweather was going to kill him. In this fight, you don't know what's going to happen. They could kill each other.
3: Seagal's got the erratic thing going yeah. for him. That's the thing. Like he could just, you know... Beat him with the ponytail. Like a lot of things. Is it happen. boxing? What is probably it? Probably be packing heat. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yes. He's getting into the ring. He gets to fight in a kimono. Let's <laughs> be honest. I mean, well, or maybe he goes the Tai
3: Chi route.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe. Just, and he just silently I mean, I think,
0: but deadly. Or maybe he
1: asks that George Foreman come at him with a pool cue. You if Foreman I mean?
3: comes in with a grill, yes. that ends it. Now, that's what you need. You need, like, weapons in well, this there's thing, a, not just verified. I mean, okay, if he you comes... want to use your nunchucks? You want to use your grill? Go yeah. for it. If exactly. George Foreman comes
1: in with a grill, there is a ton of fat to be grilled off of Steven
0: Seagal. That's so, right. Uh, Fat-burning fat grill? Fat-burning
1: grill will actually actually do a lot of work. Wow. But, now, I, where I,
0: will the fight take place? International I, waters? I mean, isn't Seagal, like, <laughs> wanted yeah. for uh, He's in sex Russia. crimes?
1: This thing better take place in Moscow? Or so, I don't even know where it's going to take place, but suddenly it becomes a fight. Even though Steven Seagal grew up in like Detroit, right? It suddenly becomes a fight between the USA and Russia. Maybe this whole thing gets settled, and then investigation happens. I'm I mean, just going to say, put it out there. 68.
3: Two overweight, older men going at it, channeling George Foreman's history. This fight will be known as the Thrill and Vanilla.
1: <laughs> the Thrill and Vanilla. They're just like gorging on food. 68 Foreman, 65 year old Seagal.
3: Yeah. Foreman.
1: Is, uh, I, 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 I did you watch uh, the Tommy uh, Morrison thirty for thirty? Pretty, uh, interesting. I did not. Really interesting, but like the the Morrison George Foreman fight was incredible because Foreman had come back and took the the title. Yep. I think did he did take it from Michael Moore. I forgot who he took the title from.
3: I, I can't remember. Yeah, he didn't really like Fahrenheit nine eleven at all. Yeah, yeah,
1: I know. I mean, look, Michael Moore needed a shot there. Yeah. You know, sometimes he does more uh, harm than good for the cause. <laughs> uh, but uh, George Foreman, that was Foreman was seen as like. You know, when Tommy Morrison beat him, that was such a humongous victory because it was a stepping stone to Lennox Lewis who ultimately beat Tommy Morrison. But, like, for Tommy Morrison, that Foreman fight was everything. Mm. And when you know when a fight is important, and when the guy you're fighting is is how important it is to the guy who you're fighting. You know what I mean? Sometimes the opponent makes the fight even a bigger fight. That's it's why you understand how these fighters need each other. They need each other so much. Like Morrison needed Foreman in order for his career to move forward. Like he, he's like, I got to beat the shit out of this guy. I just want I need- you to know in the original tweet, George Foreman said, "Steven Seagal, I challenge you one on one. I use boxing." You can use whatever.
3: Whoa. Oh,
1: 10 rounds Vegas. Oh, my God. 10 rounds Vegas. I am buying this pay per view right now. I'm going down. to Vegas. You're I going to, go I to mean, Vegas? I'm to the first
3: row so I can get the fat from the grill on me. Uh, that, <laughs> She's got a little bit of the fat burning
1: grill on you. Let it happen, my man. Uh, maybe we can talk happen. to Stephen Seagal and find out his take. We'll on get, get his, maybe we'll get his take. Hey, uh, Thank you so much, Jonah Carey, for joining us, and uh, Scott Ragowski for joining yeah, us. Yeah, of course, this is great, I'm guys. Sort of stuck
0: your your show four for the weekend too. Oh, uh, that's right. So yeah, that's yeah.
1: true. Uh, but hey, check out Jonah Carey, the Jonah
3: Carey podcast. podcast. Uh,
1: please check that out. Read you get his, that on iTunes. Free on iTunes.
3: Yeah, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, and all that stuff. Follow me on Twitter at Jonah Carey. Google mostly dad jokes. Google dad what's jokes. the name of the article
1: that I just read? It's really great. Uh, Google him. Yeah, uh,
3: Jonah Carey, CBS Sports. It actually was like a, I backed into it because the Braves GM resigned. That's and, right. And so it became because he. There that was, was your r- way in. Impropriety about. I had him on the podcast. He's an interesting guy. It was yeah. impropriety with signings of teenage baseball players in Venezuela and stuff like that. So this became, why are we even doing this where these guys don't have proper representation and can't just negotiate? If you're a 16-year-old pop star, you're not prohibited from making money if you're an actor or whatever like yeah, why yeah. is it only in sports you have reps. You have why reps. is it only in sports when that happens yeah
0: i will say you know the braves actually signed me when i was 15 yeah. to be a peanut vendor That's well, turn I mean, Look, They well knew, you yeah and you they saw i had a lot of potential i was a prospect you're a,
1: you're a, you're a natural salesman i could get to the mezzanine you get <laughs> you mezzanine with a with a, with a with a wrist flip that Luge. dude right. i i remember your hype video that was online yeah. <laughs> your youtube video that was unbelievable dude, uh, black and yellow black, in yellow black and yellow black and yellow black and yellow of you so when we come back, we did this really cool thing, and we explained it to you, Jonah Carey, uh, the other night, but there's one of the coolest experiences that I think is the future of sports watching, certainly baseball watching. It was so unbelievable. For those who followed us when we did it on Twitter, live-tweeted uh, virtual reality viewing of two games, two weeks in a row, true uh, VR, oh, Intel's live. true VR, live, watched it from the dugout. From the dugout. It's like a place you normally would never go. In center field, we... We're in center field in Arizona's uh, stadium and you got to turn to the left and you see the hot tub right fat there. Fat guy in a hot tub. A fat You're guy all over tub. the stadium, but you get to choose what camera angle you watch, so right-handed hitters up like boom. I wanna, see, go in the I wanna see his back. I want to see his dugout? Exactly. Or the home dugout. You wanna I mean it was so great. It was such a fun experience for and us. And we just want to talk to the guys uh, at Intel. We will on the other side of this break. Who uh, created the exactly the technology. we're gonna talk to someone who is gonna um, sort of give us a little more more insight on it because I do believe that it will be the future of how people watch games, especially as technology you know improves and whatnot although this was pretty fun. This was unbelievable to watch getting to choose what camera angle you watch, I watched a home run from two different angles. As it was happening, it was awesome. And the idea that
0: up above the batter is like the card, and you look behind you, and there are the stats.
1: Super cool. We'll talk to uh, this gentleman right after uh, the break. So, now, if
0: they can install a camera in between uh, Aaron Judge's gap teeth, that would be but, amazing. I right tweeted
1: that Aaron Judge's
0: teeth are like a waspy
1: family at Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, nothing is relating to each other. So, <laughs> and very white. And very white. And I said, and, and then, I got a ton of shit. Like someone, some, uh, like you guys, the way you look are making fun of that. We're like, yeah, we've heard everything, buddy. You can't come at us too hard. All right. So, uh, we'll take a break and when we come back, we'll, we'll talk, talk some about, VR. talk some VR on view from the chief seats. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, what an awesome interview with Jonah Carey. I, I love talk it. To him all day. All uh, day. And we want to talk to you now uh, David Offhauser. David Offhauser, Managing Director Intel Sports and Entertainment uh really interesting dude and the technology is super interesting as well he's about to call us and uh we'll get a chance to kind of talk to him about the technology because we each watch we each watch two games Mm -hmm. using this technology from inside the dugout from behind home plate inside of where the normal camera placement was uh and here he is he's calling right now so we're gonna get him we're gonna find out all the details david sklar brothers hello can you hear us I can hear you great. Uh, can beautiful. you hear me okay? Yes, yes we so, can hear you. We've just been talking you up, I brother. I know. David Aufhaus, your Managing Director, Intel Sports and Entertainment. We have to tell you, we participated in using the uh, VR, the true VR technology, the Samsung, the whole hookup. It, watching that game was one of the coolest experiences either of us have had. I put it on my Ten-year-old daughter, my twelve-year-old daughter, they wanted to see it while we were doing it, and they were blown away. Like a, love it, a Great. child can love it. Uh, how did you guys? What was the the steps that got you to creating this technology? And I, the, the big question, and we'll get to this down the road is where is it going? But what were the steps to like developing this?
2: Well, that's a of question. I mean, the development of this technology uh, actually goes back a number of years. The founders of a company called Voke, which was acquired by Intel and formed the basis of creating Intel Sports uh, back in November of 16. The, the the two founders have been doing virtual reality uh, for over 20 years. You know, they're they're from University of Wa- or sorry, from Washington State University. Yep. And you know, have been at the forefront of this technology for quite a bit and had this epiphany a few years back. Uh, one of the um, one of the two founders, diehard Seahawks fan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, was on the road. He had been doing a lot of VR stuff, and then you know it sort of struck him like, why can't I watch the game live in this VR headset? This is where it's going. And as soon as the market started to pick up a few years ago, and with Oculus and things like that, he's like, now's the time. Yep. And uh, so he took a lot of the technology and research and cutting edge. Innovation that he and 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 um, the two co-founders were working on for many years put that into fruition. Vogue was born, and uh, you know here we are today Absolutely. with the ability to create live experiences for fans in baseball and other sports, enabling them to experience a game in ways that they've just never been able to do uh, that, before.
1: from the dugout from inside the dugout to be able to turn your head to the side and watch someone pick their nose in the dugout or just is, spit out a making a chaw. you're right you can see Bruce Bochi, the uh coach of the San Francisco Giants giant head just not be able to turn his neck because his vertebrae are fused together but you <laughs> see that up close and it's amazing but truthfully that's a shot that you don't see like that that most cameras don't catch. I was looking at the back of the dugout I'm like, "God, they just throw their towels everywhere. If my mom was there, she'd be like, "Can we clean this up? Can we please clean this dugout can you, up before you're making, we before we get to the fourth inning? Can we please?" Your dugout is a pigsty. But it was awesome though to actually though see to see a pitch uh from the angle of pitcher all the way to home plate from a side angle and you got to see the break on a curve and you got to see, you know, what's the difference between a 98-mile-an-hour fastball and an 88-mile-an-hour fastball. I'm seeing it from the side view that I've never seen before watching the game. It's insane.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that's exactly all the things, you know, from the towels in the dugout to mm-hmm. seeing the pitch. I mean, those were all the kind of things that, we're, that we are creating. Right? It's new, entirely new ways of experiencing a baseball game or, or any content, right? It's not yeah. – we are not taking broadcast television and putting it into VR, right? We are it's not a necessarily different... – just transporting you to be able to sit okay. in the dugout, but to really experience things in a completely different way uh than you would if you were at the game or than you would if you were watching on broadcast and, and taking fans to be in that dugout and see what it would be like to turn your head and look at bocce and that's right. Uh you know, see that curveball and, and you know if you're in uh you know or in Boston, take you up to what would it be like We did this. You sit inside of the green monster. Inside the green
1: monster. We saw that. I went inside. We had a camera inside the green monster. You
2: could could look out straight and see the field. Yep. You could look to your left and see what it was like inside the green monster, right? It it is so cool. Taking folks in Arizona out to the pool.
1: Yeah, out there. Yeah, hot I mean, tub. Sure,
2: there's some people can buy a ticket out there, but not everybody gets that opportunity. And right? I'm going so to be honest. The
1: there, there's some people in the hot tub like you do don't. some, don't, do some you, more, ab work before you, you get You don't need into the to see tub. some people in the hot tub, but I mean, thank, God, God, go there, thank two, God there are but, bubbles yeah. to cover that up.
2: Uh, and that's why we have multiple angles. Ways that, you know, I don't want to be here right now. I'm going to go <laughs> yeah. back over to the dugout. Well, you mentioned that instantly, you transform yourself and transport yourself back to that other angle. So easy, Dave.
1: I mean, David, that is such a cool thing that like you that you are in control of it. I mean, a lot of times, first of all, you can do what's called the VR cast and allow sort of a line director, I guess, to sort of cut between angles and whatnot and it's a more polished look but you're going bouncing around to all the camera angles at the discretion of someone else. But if you want to control it, if you're like, okay, I'm now in the first base out and there's a left hand uh, and there's the left-handed batter i want to see it from the other side you hop over the third baseline and you actually get to see the batter swing i saw someone hit bat. a home run and i bounced back out to the behind home plate the high home plate view just to see where the ball traveled i'm like switching cameras middle of the of the hit which was i, I just dope. think this is going to be the way people will start to enjoy everything because, like, can you imagine the <laughs> – we were saying Steven Seagal challenged – or George Foreman challenged Steven Seagal to a fight in Vegas. If that ever happened, I am I honestly would pay a million dollars to watch that fight. For, but v- VR from inside can you of his imagine, kimono? Yeah, from inside of Seagal's kimono if you had just one camera. No, but, I mean, can you imagine, like, a rings <laughs> but a ringside camera that is where the guys are announcing it to be able to pop there and see it? To me, would just it changes the way we think about how sports are played. Even amazing.
2: That's right. I mean, the storytelling. I mean, look at the end of the day, sports is about telling stories and being able to tell stories about the stories. And this is an entirely new way of being able to experience those and tell that story. And you know, even even just hearing you guys talk about it and the fact that your daughters loved it. I mean, it's a, being able to have those new experiences uh and And being able to personalize it for fans is a key component to to everything moving forward. I mean, if you want to sit back and let the produced view uh, take you where you want to go. You yep. can do that too. But yeah, if you want to do what you just said, and hey, I want to see that camera angle. I want to see that camera angle. Oh, I don't want to be out at the pool. I want to see it from a left-handed batter's perspective or from right. You can do that as well. It does give uh, you more control. Control in the, in, yeah. the the, uh, in the hands of the in hands of the fans. It, it does.
1: It gives you more control than you normally have when you watch and sports. You know what it did in a in a really cool way. It gave me a better appreciation of the athleticism of the players. Like yeah, I've almost gotten used to sort of the traditional TV angles, and sometimes they're so far far away, the guys seem small. They don't seem as big as they are. But then when you're down at field level, and the bat boy is real, you know, you're like, oh, that guy's pretty big. And then you see somebody walk by, even Hunter Pence, who I don't necessarily think of as, like, a big guy. But he but looked big. He looks huge. And, like, I'm yeah. like, he's an athlete. Even though he has a weird janky swing. I'm like, this, <laughs> he's a total athlete. And I, and for me to see that up close from you a different angle. Whole new appreciation. Which I think the, uh, uh, are the, fan, uh, the sports teams, they probably are excited about this new way to kind of see stuff and, and appreciate them.
2: Well, they are. I mean, they, they, for them, it's, it's the continued evolution of the way that fans are interacting with their, their content, especially as media changes and fans are listening to podcasts and watching on their phones and taking their content as they go. The next wave is about experiencing content. And so the teams and the athletes are really excited about it because they get to share their stories and, Bring the fans closer to you know the teams and the coaches and the players that they love, uh, in in ways that haven't been able to have been able to be done for. So they're they're really excited about it. It's it's a new way. It's, it's so cool uh, for marketers to connect with fans and, and athletes to connect with fans. teams, totally. the leagues. You know, do you
1: know what I thought about Jay and I went to a Cincinnati Bengals game. We were doing some stuff for the NFL Network. And we got to watch the first quarter of the game before we had to fly out of there Uh, from the field, the the field level behind the end zone zone. in the corner of the end zone. We watched a touchdown. We actually watched a play develop and a touchdown happen right in front of us. Guy caught on Seattle, caught a touchdown right in the corner. I want to say 10 yards from where we were standing. Lock it unbelievable, like the grace and the ability with which he had to keep his body in control. The timing of when the quarterback threw the pass as to when the receiver because, you know, they'll cut in, in a regular broadcast, you just cut to the play and the ball's there. But you understand that how b- much time it takes. The, before the receiver even turned his head, the ball, ball is in the air. air. So you're seeing that from that side. So immediately when I was watching these games, I'm like, okay, with football, this is going to be insane. If you had a, a camera on the goalpost in a spot that like we never watch, we ne- we, you know, even when you see a field goal, it's from behind the stands. But if you were in the goalpost with nothing in front of you, that was the feeling that like nothing is in front of me. no seat. No net, no nothing is in front of me as I'm watching this. Even there was like a camera behind home plate, I think, on one of your previous broadcasts that I was like, I'm right behind the umpire. It reminded me of, I don't know if you've ever seen Sandy Koufax. There's footage of Sandy Koufax throwing a perfect game. And it looked like someone was filming it from like 10 feet behind the catcher. And that's what it looked like. And that's what I felt like. You guys really have achieved that.
2: Yeah, we're doing that. I mean, we're, we're we are working with the NFL. We're not we're doing post game uh, mm-hmm. recaps with the NFL this year for five Thursday night football games. Uh, the next one is the Jets game on November second that we're doing, and so we will have some of those 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 unique angles. Uh, we're not on a goalpost yet, but that's where it's going. I mean, that is yeah. definitely where it's going. In fact, if you really project out to the future, and you combine the two different video technologies that we have here at Intel Sports, one of them being the fixed point virtual reality and the other being the volumetric at 360 video. And when, mm-hmm. you, when those two things come together in a few years, you know, you'll be able to not just, uh, see it from, you know, specific angles, but actually see it or experience it from any angle, including yeah, being amazing. able to zoom yeah. in and feel like, Hey, I want to, I, I just saw, uh, uh, you know, Brady throw a touchdown. I want to actually see what it was like to be him and look at the, Defense coming in. I at mean, you if there was a camera and on the receivers his helmet. open up and yeah. and and essentially it's a virtual camera, but basically from a fan perspective, it's like, yeah, you have a camera as if you were Brady. Or hey, let's see that play again from the perspective of your defensive back or the perspective of Amazing. the wide receiver. And those are the types of things in the direction that we're going.
1: That's what I think is tr- truthfully for us when we saw this and and why we just had to talk to you about this. What was so exciting because we talk a lot of, we talk about sports on this podcast. We talk a lot about the things that happen outside of sports, but why are we so interested in it? Because the games themselves are so exciting, and you say to yourself, what's the next level of watching these games? What's the next wave? And I feel like once we experience this, and again, literally all I had to do was put it up, my daughter was like, can, let me see it. Let me see it. And I put it on her head, and they just stopped what they were doing. And they were like, I can't believe I'm sitting here. And, again, for we're people who watch sports all the time. We're people who have been on the field at college football games. But for them to experience that up close, it's just it's really cool. Awesome. You guys have to be really psyched.
2: We are psyched. I mean, I, I'll I'll go back to this, something when I was a kid, right? So when I was a kid, I used to pretend – from a football perspective, whatever whatever reason that I was Earl Campbell. Mm-hmm. From a basketball perspective, I was Magic Johnson. Like uh-huh. I would sit around and dream, or run, or yeah, shoot baskets as if I were them, right? Yeah. So now imagine being able to put on a headset and in today's like feel what it's like to be LeBron James running down the court and and ducking the ball over somebody, Unreal. or feel what it's like to be, uh, you know, a running back. let's like say Christian McCaffrey running running through, right? be able to have that same. Feeling that we had as a kid in our heads, but actually be able to see it visually and experience it is 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 where we're going, and and something that we're just you know very very passionate about.
1: Dude, thank you so much for coming on, telling us all about this, and uh, we are so excited. And hopefully, maybe we get a chance to do this again for you next year, and get all of our fans on the listen the podcast to to check it out too, because it was just dope, awesome, so thank, cool. Thanks, David.
2: You bet. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: You got it, man. Take care. All right. Take care. All right. That's a show. That is a show. First of all, fascinating stuff. Thank you, David Offhauser uh, at uh, Intel. You guys, in a few years, when we're all watching games uh, VR style, you'll be like, I remember when the scholars were talking about this. This was the wave. Head this of the curve. the wave of the future. I just Love think it. it's, to me, it is a big part of the way we consume games. It brings the fan into the experience, certainly baseball, uh, of all the sports, uh, I think the knock on it in some ways was that it's not as exciting, but I'll tell you watching it this way was the most interesting, most exciting way I've ever seen a sporty And We had to share that with you and tell you kind of where it was going. So thank you to David. Thank you to Intel. Thank you to Jonah Carey, who is just the best of the best of the best. One of our favorite people. Go read his stuff on CBS. Go read his stuff on CBS.sports.com. And, um, you you know, hey. U.S. It's men's so Soccer, done. you shit the bed. That's the way it goes. Think about what you did. Think about what you did. If they were go a to kid, your room. If they were a kid, I'd, think I'd be like, like U.S. What what you men's Soccer, go to your room and think about what you just did. This is mob Deep. Try my hand. Actually, it's the alchemist. The alchemist? The alchemist? The alchemist. Or the alchemist.
3: We're the sklarchemists. saying
1: punch waterfalls. We'll talk to you guys next week. They got you in the crib tied up. Burn bridges and now your favor's all dried up. Like a drought in the summer up go to cold price i don't give a fuck so i say fuck your whole life